Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, the following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the ACHA Power Play, February the 7th, 2023. So you know what that means. We are 37 days away from puck drop in the 2023 National Championship Tournament just outside of Boston, Massachusetts, at Marlboro, Massachusetts. It's going to be a wonderful time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to get there. We got a lot of hockey left before that. The teams are kind of getting geared up and ready to go. I know in D2, they've got regional tournaments coming up the end of the month. And at the other levels, they're, the other divisions, rather, they're getting ready, uh, kind of winding down, getting ready for some conference tournaments. And we'll talk all about that tonight. we got a great show planned for you tonight. Really loaded uh, guest lineup tonight. Coming up here in about a minute or two, we're going to be joined by Cal Stripling. He's the head coach of the University of Michigan men's D3 team. Ranked third in the country in Division Three as of last week. They had a big weekend of games. We'll talk to Cal about that here momentarily. At the bottom of the hour, Shea Klitsky. He is the head coach of the Concordia of Wisconsin men's Division II team. They are in a heated battle to try to get in the top two of the central region. They're third right now, but they had a big weekend against St. Thomas, who was ranked number two. So we'll talk to Shea about that. And then last night, I had a chance to talk with Jason White. He is the head coach of uh, Midland University's women's D1 program. They are ranked, I believe, fourth in the country in uh, Division One in the women's. And so uh, all these teams are looking to kind of make their way to Boston. I know they got a lot of hockey ahead of them, and they don't want to talk about that. But I know they are getting geared up for that, and that's in the back of their minds as well. But Without any further ado, let's uh, bring in the head coach of the University of Michigan, that being uh, Cal Stripling. Cal, thanks for taking time out tonight. Uh, how's everything going? It's going very well, Lou. Very well. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, well, great weekend for you guys this weekend. Um, yeah. Two big wins over Saginaw Valley, and then you had a Sunday game against uh, Adrian. Uh, three big wins. Great to keep the momentum going. Absolutely. Yeah. We've uh, just come into 2023 really hot and it's just, it's still going and we're just kind of riding the rave wave of just being a great hockey team right now. It's good to see. You know, you guys have been kind of climbing up the rankings throughout the year. I've noticed it uh, kind of a slow climb at the beginning of the year, but very gradual. What, uh, what's been the secret? 
Uh, yeah, kind of similar to last year too. Just a slow start, you know, some growing pains. We have 12 new guys on the team this year. So, you know, with that, it's always going to be an adjustment period. You know, it takes a little bit to get warmed up to the ACHA hockey. Um, but yeah, it seems like everybody's kind of, kind of settled in here and we're just playing good hockey right now. It's great to see. Oh, absolutely. Now I, I have to ask you, uh, last year, you guys, you got one monkey off your back. You know, you made it through the semifinals, man. And mm -hmm. I got to tell you, that game against Grand Valley was one of the more exciting ones. I mean, oh, yeah. both those games in the semis. But then you ran into Hope, uh, a nemesis of yours. Uh, tough game to lose. But uh, have you guys used that as motivation this year? Yeah, I definitely think it's uh, like in the back of everybody's mind right now. Um, there's there's really just one goal that this team has right now, and that's just getting one game further than we were last year. Um, one win further, I should say. Uh, but yeah, last year it was, it was tough. It was a good learning experience for me. Um, and then I think just a lot of great experience for the, the guys on the team as well to at least get that far, you know. So uh... – I know this year um, I, I took a look at your roster and, you know, the stats, you've had a lot of balance scoring this year, man. It's got to make it easier for you as a coach, doesn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have, we roll four lines every night. Like it, it's great to be able to trust everybody when I put them out there and, you know, to get scoring from, you know, three lines pretty consistently and then chip in every now and then from our fourth line. It, it's, yeah, it's, just makes my life real easy as a coach. <laughs> so are you like most coaches? You preach uh, the, the game from the goaltending end, defense yeah. and scoring? Yeah, definitely. When I played, you know, I, I played under Jason Bartek, the yeah. coach before me, and he was uh, he was very defensive-minded. And I kind of came into that team also kind of having that style of play. And, you know, it worked for me. It, it just it seems to work in this league, and that's what we shoot for. So always, always trying to take care of our end. And, you know, we also have a policy anytime in their zone is time out of our zone. And that's just, that's what we want to do. You, uh, do you talk to Jason much during the year? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's, he's actually, he's back in the States now. So he's okay. A few games now. Um, yeah. He's, he's always a great resource for me. You know, I, he's probably one of my favorite hockey coaches growing up or in my career. Um, yeah. It just doesn't get much better than him. I, I think he really just kind of got me back to loving hockey in college. So uh, I know you've had some stellar goaltending throughout the years. And uh, you know, again, I look at some of the goaltending stats and you've got, you know, Anthony Remick is kind of, picking up where Howman left off last year. He's doing wonderful in that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a whole circus trying to get goalies out to the team this year. You know, I, wow. I contacted about 20 goalies cause we lost both of ours last year and yeah. like just no, no responses. Couldn't get any commitments. And then like maybe, maybe two weeks before tryouts, I reach out to Anthony and he's like, yeah, I'm in. And, like he said, he hadn't skated for two years. You know, I'm a little worried about that, but wow, <laughs> yeah, he's he's settled in real, real nice for sure. Was he nervous at all at the beginning of the year? Man, that that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to imagine I would be in that situation, <laughs> but like he he just really doesn't show it. You know, once it's once it's game time, he's just a whole nother guy. So 
this weekend you've got Central Michigan coming up. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they've become a little bit of a rival for you guys. It should be a fun weekend for you. Yeah, oh yeah, it's always fun playing against those guys. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's our senior night as well, so we usually end the season with those guys. And yeah, it's just usually a fun game. Gets a little chippy, gets a little hot. Um, you know, nothing wrong with that. We we enjoy those games. So yeah, looking forward to the weekend for sure. What uh, what do you guys need to work on? Um, you know, I know obviously you got Central this week, and then you got you know a great tournament tester if you will with the mchc tournament but what's one of the things you got to work on uh cal this uh you know in the next few weeks to kind of get yourself in line for hopefully another uh national bid yeah i think it's just going to be developing good habits right like we we want to good habits going into the national tournament um like that's just gonna make or break your season and i think you know one of one of the main things we've been harping on is shorter shifts we have guys like andrew Beggs, logan gare they can they can skate around for a good two minutes if i let them but yeah we just <laughs> that's that's got to be the one thing that that pops up in, into my head just yeah shorter shifts you know smart smart changes and like I, I, honestly that's that's got to be our biggest weak spot right now what, what you know i've always been fascinated by this because i grew up obviously a lot a lot earlier than you did back watching hockey when the shifts were more like 90 seconds to almost two minutes. Um, what, what is an ideal shift length for you, for your, you know, your, your lines? Uh, you know, early in the game, maybe like a 30, 35 second shift okay. kind of get your, your legs under you. Um, game, game gets a little comfier, maybe a minute, minute 10 is kind of okay. long. Um, but yeah, anything in the 45 to a minute range, I'm happy with, um, you know, it's just, once we get up to the minute 30 shifts, it, it gets a little dicey there. So it just got to <laughs> avoid those ones. Uh, you know, and especially when you get those, uh, icing calls, man, it, oh, yeah. I was watching it last weekend when I was doing the Aquinas game and you could just see, you know, that, I don't know why that fascinates me, Cal, but I just, I, I always like to keep an eye on that with the ice time. Oh yeah. I, it's, it's a huge part. You know, you don't, you don't want to tire guys out early in the game as well. Everybody needs their legs in the third period. So, you know, just short shifts throughout the game just, just helps a whole lot with that. So obviously the, the kids are normal. The guys are normal and coaching staff, you look at the rankings. Um, how difficult is it not to look at that? Or Are the guys paying a lot of attention to it? Do they talk about it at all? Uh, hopefully the guys are just thinking about this weekend, you know, yeah. um, no need to worry about Boston just yet. We'll, we'll prep for that when it's time. Um, I'm, I'm not really even thinking about it right now. Um, you know, maybe a little nervous, you know, last year we went in as a, an 11 seed. So there's kind of room for us to hide a little bit, kind of yeah. be your dog. Um, this year, not so much, you know, teams are going to be gunning for us and, yeah, it's going to take a lot of work for us coaches to have these guys prepared each game. Well, like we mentioned, you've got Central Michigan coming up this weekend, uh, you know, a new coaching staff. But they're, I watched them play a little bit last weekend against Oakland, and, uh, you know, they're solid. But my, i got to ask you, you know, the MCHC tournament's coming up for the Vesna Cup. And um, for those that aren't familiar with the state of Michigan, this is – 
to me in D3, the proof is in the pudding. That's one of the best conferences in the country. But doesn't that kind of get you ready for the national tournament if you're lucky enough to get in there by playing such awesome competition? Oh, definitely. Yeah, you you go into the tournament playing games against like Grand Valley, Hope, um, Saginaw. Like you, you get these good teams under your belt going right into nationals. It's kind of like nothing changes, you know. It's <laughs> like the the quality is going to stay the same, and you kind of get used to that that high quality of hockey. And yeah, I think the MCHC is just a, a great not not test, but just like a good little way to build up for for nationals for sure. What, uh, what's been the secret for the last, I don't know, 12 to 13 years? Uh, why has the MCHC been so dominant in D3? Do you, do you have an answer to that? Or is it just, it's crazy. Yeah. I, th- I think just hockey in Michigan's a, another level, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't uh, upset too many people by saying that, but yeah, it's just, it's good. A good hockey up here, you know, hope's always looking for guys everywhere around, um, <laughs> They, they always pull in great talent. Grand Valley always gets good talent. Like there's just lots of good hockey players that go around in Michigan. And, you know, obviously the university here gets, gets a lot of pull from around the nation and, you know, you get good hockey players from out East, get some out West. Like there's just a, a whole blended pot that gets to the university of Michigan. And it's uh yeah, it makes my job a little bit easier to just have a roster full of talent. So, um, is it, uh, 12 months a year for you for uh, recruiting, even though you're coaching right now? 12 months is kind of a lot. I, I don't know <laughs> that. <laughs> um, it probably gets a little hotter in the summer. Um, okay. right now it's, it's not the, the main thing on my mind right now. Right now it's just finishing out the season. Um, just strong. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, once, once the season ends, yeah, I'll be a little bit better with the recruitment, but yeah, for right now, just trying to stay in the moment, enjoy this ride that we're having right now, and try to be prepped for for Boston in March. Now, uh, one more recruiting question: Is there like certain parameters that you guys have where you can't talk to kids? Um, not, I don't, not really. You know, okay. uh, we have so we have our website right now that guys just like put in basic information. Oh, okay. And- it's just saying, hey, I'm applying to Michigan. This is where I played last year and just kind of gives a little nice. small breakdown. And just from there, it starts a little conversation from with like between me and them or some mm-hmm. players in them. And just from there, it's like it kind of just develops into a relationship. And then, you know, get coming into the next year, like they're a little more comfy at tryouts. And yeah, it's it's been a good process so far. Improvement. So, um, we're joined by Cal Stripling for a couple more minutes. He's the head coach of uh, the University of Michigan at the D3 level, currently ranked third in the uh, country in uh, Division Three. Uh, Cal, uh, you know, we know you played, you mentioned it under uh, Jason Bartek. Uh, what, uh, what's been, what was the toughest transition from uh, playing to coaching? Oh, you just miss being out on the ice. That's that's the main thing, 100%. Um, yeah, you, you kind of – you lose the talent you had a little bit, but, <laughs> yeah, it's just – it's it's hard to watch hockey, you know, when, when you're used to playing growing up. Like, it, it's tough to 
be on the sidelines watching, you know, like if you're scratching a game, it's hard watching. Like you'd rather <laughs> just be out on the ice and that's for sure been the the toughest adjustment. You know, I, I just want to go out and show these guys what I'm talking about for a second, you know, but don't really get that chance. Do you play at all anymore? That like in any kind of rec leagues or um, beer leagues or anything like that? Yeah, maybe we'll get that going in the summer. Hasn't really yeah. happened yet, but yeah, it's a it's a busy schedule right now. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can imagine. I can imagine. Now, you mentioned it was a learning experience for you last year in St. Louis. Uh, you know, it's a different kind of butterflies, I bet, for you as a coach now, huh? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I hadn't had much uh, national experience as a player and as a coach like obviously even less last year um but now that i have last year under my belt like i can go into boston know what we need to do uh know what we need to focus on and yeah looking forward to it this march so from a just making that transition to coaching you know from the administrative side uh, how long did it take you to kind of get used to doing that stuff oh it it took a I'm still getting used to it now, I would yeah. say. Um, last year, I, uh, Jason Bartek was just helping out a lot behind the scenes for me, um, you know, and that just helps build my confidence, kind of figure out what I'm doing as a coach. Um, and, yeah, the the admin stuff's just kind of come a little more natural this year, um, and I'd, I'd assume it will be even better next year. But, yeah, having having Jason help out with that was just so huge last year. I couldn't imagine coming in blind and trying to work a schedule for next year and, you know, all these little small administrative things you have to do. So yeah, glad to have him helping out. Well, Cal, I appreciate you taking time out tonight. This has been fun. Um, good luck this weekend against my alma mater, you know, take it easy on them a little bit, maybe, you know, my, Chippewas, you know, but in all seriousness, uh, keep up the great work. It's, uh, it's fun watching you guys from afar and, uh, you know, hope to see you in nationals. Good luck at the MCHC tournament. I know that's always a dog fight. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, hopefully we'll see in Boston in about five weeks. My God, it's it's coming fast, isn't it? Sure is. Absolutely is. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Lou. I appreciate it. All right. You bet. Good luck. Cal Stripling, head coach of uh, University of Michigan at the D3 level. They are uh, got a big weekend set against Central Michigan University last regular season weekend for them. I, it's crazy. We talk about this all year. It seems like in September when we start, you know, the new season of the podcast, we got, okay, six months to go. Boom. We're, you know, we're five weeks away. That's it. And uh, then we've got uh, the national tournament, but for, again, for the teams in Michigan, they've got the regular season coming up this weekend finale for most of them, maybe another weekend. And then it is the conference tournament for them. And, uh, you know, he Cal mentioned it. You've got Saginaw Valley, who's you know making a comeback. They they were dominant back uh, earlier in the decade, or about 10, 12 years ago, um, when they won back to back. You know, you've got Hope, the two time defending national champs. You've got Oakland making a comeback. Calvin's there. You know, Grand Valley, who Michigan played last year in the semis, and of course in two thousand nineteen in the semis in Dallas. And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. That is a great tournament. If you're in the Michigan area over in the Grand Rapids area, if you get a chance, uh, check that tournament out. Um, it's quality hockey and, uh, it's, it's good. Like he said, it's a good way to get, uh, 
Michigan or get the teams ready for the national tournament. Let's take a look at the uh, rankings in Division Three while we can here. Um, actually, we might even be able to work our magic here. Let's see if we can't uh, get those uh, D3 um, rankings up here on the screen. All right, there we go. Let's take a look at the rankings. Now, again, these are from last week and uh, through 129. Uh Obviously, Hope College, number one. I guess I misspoke. Saginaw and University of Michigan, three and four. I'd said Michigan was three. That may change with uh, the weekend success for Michigan. Um, University of Notre Dame at number two. Saginaw Valley and Michigan, three and four. Arkansas, a team that's made back-to-back trips to the Final Four as well. Uh, they're at fifth this week. Lawrence Tech, up to sixth. Ken Gaffney's squad, you know, running a, you know, the D1 and the D3 school, the teams both doing fantastic this year. Grand Valley at seven. Uh, they had a big weekend set with Hope College last weekend. So there you go. They'll, uh, another one of the uh, MCHC teams that's four in the top seven. Then you got Purdue at eight. Uh, the Air Force Academy, which has made frequent trips to the national tournament, they're at nine. Missouri State at 10. Then uh, Florida Gulf Coast at 11. Another team that has had a lot of success over the years at the D3 level. They're at number 11. Missouri at 12. Indiana at 13. Oakland, we talked about them. They split last weekend with uh, uh, Central Michigan winning uh, each other at their home ice. So they're at 14. Miami at 15. And Calvin right on the edge at 16. And uh, we'll see how they fare with the next rankings. Uh, Nebraska's at, or I'm sorry, Central at 17. Nebraska at 18, they seem to always find their way into the uh, national tournament as well. So, again, the key here is the top 16 teams in uh, the national tournament. They um, they make the you know, the top 16 teams in the rankings make the national tournament, and uh, basically. Um, once they did away with the D3 rankings or the uh, regionals, which I know um, for a lot of the uh, for a lot of the schools, they don't mind that, <laughs> you know. But it does. It, the problem with the D3 level is uh, now they don't have the the amount of schools that the D2 level have. That's why they don't have the regionals anymore. Division two, and we'll talk to uh, Shay Klitsky about it here momentarily, probably in about, uh, oh, I'd say in about 13 minutes or so, maybe 10 minutes. Uh, that's one of the things I know that they would rather not have to do is to go through the regional play in Division two. So in back to Division three, the top 16 teams make it. So, um, and then they get into pool play. And then it's four days of pool play. And then the top teams in each pool make it. And last year, boy, we had some teams. If I'm not mistaken, I'd have to look at it again. Arkansas beat Notre Dame in overtime last year to get into the semifinal to win their pool. And then they uh, lost that heartbreaker to Hope College 3-2 to two in uh, overtime. And, you know, Michigan beat Grand Valley last year 4-3 to three in the other semifinal. And then the championship game two to one where hope beat uh, Michigan. Um, so the D three national tournament is going to be stacked like they all are all five divisions. It's uh, they're going to be in Marlboro, Massachusetts. That's why we always say the road to Boston, 37 days to puck drop. And uh, so 
you know, again, we got uh, a lot of great hockey left. But once you get there, if you're in the Boston area, I highly recommend stop on out to Marlboro. Stop and say hi. All the divisions this year are going to be in the same building. All the rinks, there's, I think there's eight rinks total, you know, and so <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing in that facility. I've, I've seen pictures of it. And I actually have talked last weekend, um, one of the games that I, I broadcast play-by-play for Aquinas. And I talked to a parent uh, from the goaltender, uh, the goaltender for Lawrence Tech, the team they played. His father was talking about, you know, his son used to play there um, back in the day. That oh, Gosh, the name escapes me. Kind of can remember stuff from two years ago, but I can't remember anything from last Friday. Anyways, it's a beautiful facility. And that's what all these teams are shooting for. And that's to play at Marlboro in Massachusetts uh, for the Nationals, the 2023 Nationals. So all the games will be on Flow TV um, if you can't make it out there. And uh, I'll be again out there with that. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about tonight too is make sure that you watch us here on the Captain Lou Sports Network, um, our YouTube channel. We will have a nightly recap show of all the games each night. We'll get you set on the standings for pool play, in D2 and D3, <clears throat> we'll have the brackets. In D1, the women's, both divisions, the pool play in D2. We'll have a complete wrap-up show every night right here on the Captain Lou Sports Network. Powered up by Belly Up Sports, by the way. We want to give a shout-out to them for, again, working with us on our network broadcast here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. Uh, without them, this uh, wouldn't be as possible. So we want to thank the folks at uh, Belly Up Sports for letting us be part of their network and but anyways the 2023 national tournament the games will be broadcast on flow tv our wrap-up show will be each night following the last game approximately 11 30 but you'll be able to see the recap show um all the archives on the captain lou sports network and it will be on the acha hockey website as well achahockey.org check that website out too for all the information for the you know where to stay some of the hotels in the area um, the brackets will be on there as well. Uh, it's a great website. Check it out, achahockey.org. Well, we want to thank uh, Cal Stripling for joining us tonight, the head coach of Michigan's ACHA men's D3 team, again, ranked third in the country. Still to join us here in about five minutes, we're going to be joined um, by um, Shea Klitsky, the head coach of uh, Concordia of Wisconsin. They are ranked third in the central region in uh, the division two and uh, you got like uh, they're battling with St. Thomas for one, for the second spot right there um, for the automatic berth. how it works in division two. They're the only division now with a regional tournament three through 14 each get, uh, they have to play a three day kind of a bracketed tournament and the first four teams, three, four, five, and six get buys. Then team seven through 14 have to play three days. Now we've seen a lot of ninth, ninth ranked teams, tenth ranked teams in the region, twelfth ranked teams make that run, run the gauntlet, if you will, and make it into the national tournament, and then make some hay there too. And so we've got four regions. We'll go through those uh, a little bit later on. Actually, let's bring those up right now. Let's tell you where the sites are um, for the regionals. Um, let's see if I can bring those up real quick. Yeah, the regional tournaments in the. Uh, Central region, they're going to be playing in Chesterfield, Missouri, just outside of where the Nationals were this year, or last year, rather. 
the uh, Northeast region. They're going to be played February 24th through the 26th at the New England Sports Center in Marlboro. So they kind of get a little bit of a taste of the national tournament scene as uh, they'll be playing on the 24th through the 26th. The Southeast Regional will be in Springfield, Virginia. Uh, the same dates, 24th through the 26th. That's only, what, 17 days, two and a half weeks. And then February 23rd through the 25th, the Salt Lake City Sports Complex, they're going to host the West Regional. So again, how it works is the top two teams in each region, they get an automatic berth to the Nationals. They don't have to sweat it out, that potential of uh, having to play three games in three days just to qualify. Uh, but the rest of the teams, um, you know, three through 14, they do battle and uh, try to gain that spot into the national tournament. Speaking of the division two, let's go no further. Let's go to our guest line. Now let's bring in uh, the head coach of the university of Concordia, uh, Shay Klitsky. Shay, I hope I got that name, right? Yeah. You, you pronounced it the correct way. Hey, you know, <laughs> One for one tonight. How about that? Hey, good. Shay, welcome to the program. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Um, it was cool to to get reached out to to chat about ACHA and uh, our team here at Concordia. Well, you guys are doing good. Uh, you had a good weekend this weekend against St. Thomas. I know you you went to a shootout, I believe, but uh, you know, a team that you're kind of. Uh, we talked about a little bit earlier, kind of neck and neck almost for that uh, automatic berth in uh, the central region. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, we're looking at the standings every week to see how, <laughs> if we bumped up or where they're at, how can we catch them? So it was nice to have them on the schedule for the last uh, regular season weekend here and kind of had a head to head to um, kind of see who gets that auto berth uh, in that, for that number two seed. So it was, it was a fun weekend. So I got to tell you, it's funny is uh, all the years I've been doing this, um, starting with uh, back in 2016, doing the show back when D3 had regionals too. And so D2 and D3 with the regional tournaments, I only had one coach tell me that they didn't mind having to go through the regional tournament. Don't tell yeah. me you're number two and you'd rather no. tell me that you'd rather have that automatic buy. Yeah, we're we're hoping for that. We want we want the easy path if possible. Um, I mean, just being able to get that auto bid and concentrate on that would be a very uh, uh, relieving step. So we're definitely hoping for that, and uh, we'll see what happens here when the the rankings come out this week. So, well, Shay, um, you know, throughout the year you've been pretty steady. You know, up in the top four, top five. It, it, it's been a good year for you guys. Uh, what's been the secret to keep that momentum going throughout the year? Um, I mean, we, we got a really good group of guys. Um, we talked at the beginning of the year, you know, we, we set goals, we set uh, how are we going to get there? And we've kind of stuck to the plan. Um, we, we, the goal was to get to that national tournament. And we talked about, success as a team is going to be how our relationships is as a team and mm -hmm. not just on the ice, but off the ice. And the, the group has really clicked and they've kind of stayed, stayed with that all the way through. So there's been obviously tough games. And then there's been games yeah. that, you know, have really gone our way and uh, through both different types of adversity that they've been kind of steady throughout the whole thing too. Shay, that's a great point you brought up about sticking together throughout the year. You know, you obviously you know that with good teams, you know they got the chemistry, and yeah. uh, 
you know, I don't think that gets talked about enough how big that is, you know, to pick each other up when you might have a down game or a down period. And uh, it sounds like that's prevalent with you guys. Yeah. I mean, uniquely enough, we, we were kind of a hodgepodge group to be honest to how we started this season. We had a lot of, uh, we had a, some transfer guys. We had guys from our NCAA team come to our team. And then we had our core group of guys that were on the ACHA team for four years now. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of this mix of our, how can we make everyone uh, come together and be one unit? And it happened pretty fast. And I think being able to do that um, with not having, you know, four years together where some of these teams, they play together with the same guys for four years, we kind of put this group together and it's, it's worked. So it's, it's uh, hats off to the players to, to kind of come together um, really just playing one year as a full unit. So. Well, I got to ask you, I'd look at your stats and on the offensive side of the ice. Oh my goodness. I mean, you guys are, you guys are putting some points up, man. It's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We got some (laughs) firepower. I mean, I was looking through it too, even, uh, I mean, we got eight guys with 30 plus points and (laughs) that to me is everyone's contributing, you know, line one through four, um, even guys that are, everyone's important, right? You know, if, if one, if there's one weak link, uh, in the group, then everyone else starts to fail a little bit. So everyone's contributed, which has been amazing. And then we got some of our, you know, we got, uh, Alex way who's leading the country in points. Um, and then we got three more guys in the top seven. So that line, Alex way, um, Lucas hefty or, uh, um, cruiser and, uh, Sam Weiss, you know, they, um, started playing together a couple of games in and just have clicked and it's been kind of a, they've had some big shows in certain games. So, well, the other thing too, I noticed, uh, Shay is, um, you got a couple of defensemen that are putting points up to Thomas Dybel and Rex Stodiker. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's equally as impressive for me too, that, uh, you can count on that in the back end. Yeah. Those two guys, uh, they, they play both ends of the ice really well and they can get on rushes that just add offense. So when they can get the puck in some space, uh, they definitely are an offensive power, um, at the same time as their defensive play. So. We're joined by Shay Klitsky, the head coach of Concordia of Wisconsin, the ACHA men's D2 head coach. Uh, they're currently ranked third in the central region um, in Division Two, And we talked about it before Shay came on, um, the uh, importance in D2 with them having the regional tournaments. Obviously, the goal is to get to the top two, and we talked about that. Um, Shay, you know, with teams that have a lot of firepower like that, sometimes um, – you don't see the goaltending and um, that's not the case with you guys. I, you've got some, you've had some really uh, solid goaltending throughout the year led by uh, Mac Willie. I mean, you know, 2.79 uh, goals against and you know, your uh, save percentage, you guys are, you know, about 920. That's impressive. Yep. yep. Yeah. Mac uh, he's been, he's kind of been the backbone of this team for the all four years that he's been here the kid can stand on his head and, and win you games. <laughs> so um, I can't speak highly enough about him, but the way he plays his work ethic, he's a, a quieter um, human. So it's more lead by example type guy. 
and and he does that every night and it just gives the team a confidence right like uh-huh. you know you're playing behind him you know you can win so i think that's that's huge where where the guys there's no hesitation with what's behind them and, and he's just solid every night so you got a weekend uh games left uh, I, I just saw the ackerman hat talk a little bit about that is that a conference that you're in or is that just like a uh, weekend or the hap cup it's uh, i honestly don't know what the hap cup exactly is it's our uh nchl conference tournament. oh okay all right so it, uh that is just what we play for um in our division okay so yeah it's a it's a weekend tournament where uh we get seated based on where we finish the conference and then we kind of play it out for one weekend to see who wins oh so it'll be a good test for you guys to uh before uh, postseason stuff begins then. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be fun. I mean, you're playing for a cup. You, you know, you want to win a cup, so it'll be oh, a yeah. fun weekend. Kind of yeah. like here in Michigan with uh, D3, they have the Vesna Cup for uh, their conference. Um, yeah. Now, now we talked about it. Obviously, your goal is to get in the top two. Um, do the kids see that? Do they talk about it in practice uh, before the games? Is it different do they get distracted by it at all shay um we talk about it a lot um it's the nature i feel like yeah. uh, i mean this is only my second year as the head coach here but once you dive into the acha that is uh that's everything your your ranking is determines how good you are so yeah. everyone is reading into that and it's a mathematical equation that we all don't always understand so right everyone's looking and kind of analyzing, but it hasn't been, if anything, it, it hasn't been a distraction more. It's just something that the, the boys are, they're focused on wanting to be in that two spot. So I, I haven't seen it as a distraction, but yeah, definitely paying attention every week. What, uh, what do you guys need to work on? Maybe if, if anything to improve on uh, either before nationals or going into regionals, if uh, you don't get the top two. Um. We, I mean, I think every week you have something that you need to look at that, that you need to improve on based on the weekend games. Um, Early in the season, we emphasize winning the start. So we emphasize how important it is to win that first five minutes of the game or get that first goal of the game. So early on, we started that uh, winning, winning those situations to, to kind of get momentum in games. Um, and then there's always little tweaks and stuff with the power play, how we want to get more shots and different things. So more than anything, it's, it's, what do, what do we have to work on based on the weekend before and how can we improve that and just keep rolling, um, making tweaks. So as we go. I have to ask you, I looked at your bio, what was tougher playing football or playing hockey? <laughs> <laughs> They're two, uh, two completely different animals. Um, yeah. Football is uh, seven days a week job watching film and um, it's every play matters. Uh, hockey is a, a flow game and uh, hockey is easier to be uh, passionate about. I think though, it's a, a love that you'll never, never lose once you're a hockey player. So, wow. um, but That's yeah, they're, they're, point. they're, they're unique to be able to play both at the college level. It was, it was an awesome experience to be able to play both. Um, and I enjoyed them both in different ways, but, uh, hockey is definitely going to, going to stick as your true love. Uh, boy, you must've grew a great sense of, uh, organizational skills and, um, uh, being able to juggle that and, uh, schoolwork and everything, man. Uh, 
because I got to tell you, I one of the things, Shay, that I marvel about the kids, you know, at, especially at the ACHA level, um, because they have to do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Um, yeah. You know, fundraising, this and that. Um, and then you got your schoolwork because you go to school first. That's your priority. Yeah. And I see that. And I, I just that's one of the reasons why I do this is because I marvel at it. And these kids need that rec- recognition. And then you're playing two sports or maybe three. How the hell did yeah. you, how did you do that? Yeah. Well, it, it kind of, I played two years of hockey and then I played two years of football. So okay. it kind of separated itself. But uh, I mean, some of, some of being an athlete in school can help kind of keep you concentrated too. So I think these guys are developing um, a routine discipline um, that's going to help them beyond college. And so I think, having sports in your life, especially at the college level is, uh, is a major asset to, to you going into the real world after. So I had uh, Cal Stripling head coach of Michigan on um, just before you. And he was, uh, he played uh, until just recently. I asked him this question. I'll ask you what's been the toughest adjustment going from uh, playing to coaching. Um that you can't go out there and do anything about it. Uh, <laughs> That's what he said too. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's a different, I've had it, the experience multiple times now where I'm almost more nervous behind the bench than I ever was playing <laughs> just because, you know, you, you do everything you can in practice and preparation, but at the end of the day, it's on the, t- it's on the boys to, to, uh, to go out there and win the game. So, um, there's some nerves that they come with not being able to strap them up and be out there with them. But, uh, it, it's, it's two different, uh, types of high, I guess, to, to be able to be behind the bench and planning. Did you play, uh, obviously you played before you went to Concordia. Where, where did you play, uh, juniors or when you were younger? Yeah, I grew up in Minnesota. So, um, okay. I played high school hockey in Minnesota. Then I played two years of juniors, um, in Minnesota. Um, and then after that, went to Concordia here and, and okay. played two years on the Division Three team. Yeah. Who was uh, who was your team growing up? NHL team, or is now? I, I'm gonna be honest. I am so I'm so bad with following enough NHL. I I'm too busy, and uh, I I just really honestly love watching good players play. Okay. Um. So I'm a fan of hockey. I don't really have a a team that I'm sitting at home rooting for every night, but uh. Definitely love the game and love watching good players play. I could turn, I, I, I can get you on our Red Wings bandwagon at any yeah. time. You just let <laughs> me know once we get going again. Yeah, that I'm open to be. Cool. I'm open to be a bandwagon. I mean, I'm from Minnesota, <laughs> from Minnesota, oh, yeah. and I switched over to be a Packer fan, so I'm a little oh bit of a God. bandwagon. Oh yeah, no, yeah. you didn't yeah. just say that. Yeah. Hey. So, oh man. Yeah. All right. Well, I grew up in the Upper Peninsula, so you were either a Packers fan or a Lions fan up there. And uh, yeah. my dad flipped my plate over when I was about four years old, so I became. He told me Lions fan or no food. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow, this has been fun. So you got one regular season weekend, if you will, and then uh, regional play uh, again. Uh, what? So so. Again, what do you work on, you know, getting ready for them? How do you keep them focused? Um, I, I mean, every game here is a must win, especially yeah. if you want that top two or that sure. second second seed. So we are sticking with the, the routine of, you know, prep, 
preparing to win all three games coming up this weekend. And then it's just staying sharp, um, whatever comes ahead of us, if it's regionals or we get that national bid, how planning to how are we going to approach um, those two tournaments. So just kind of stay in the course. Well, Shay, I appreciate you taking time out tonight. This was fun. Um, yeah. It's good to meet you. Uh, good luck this weekend with your uh, conference tournament. And uh, we'll keep your, our fingers crossed for you that you can bump up into that number two spot and you don't have to have that three-day stress in Missouri. Yeah, uh, playing in the regionals. And uh, if you make it to Boston, I'll look for you. It'd be nice to meet you. I'll be out there as well. So thanks for coming on tonight. Sure. Yeah, you bet. Thank you for having me. You bet. All right. Shay Klitsky, the head coach of the University of Concordia out of Wisconsin, currently ranked number three in the uh, central region of the ACHA at the uh, D2 level. And again, we're going to go through the rankings right now. Let's do that. Let's see if we can't... Um, Bring those up for you real quick here. All right. I'm getting good at this, but it also takes me a minute here. So uh, bear with me if I think I've got them right here. All right. There we go. Let's take a look at the rankings. And again, how it works is the top three teams or top two teams in each region get that automatic berth. And we told you where the regional games are at uh, coming up the weekend of the 24th through the 26th in the central region. Now, this, again, was before the games last weekend. You got Lindenwood at one, St. Thomas at two, and Concordia at three. Now, Concordia won, and they tied them over the weekend. So that might flip them to put Concordia at two and uh, St. Thomas at three. Then you got Trine at four, uh, DePaul at five, Crookston at six, Minnesota at seven, Iowa at eight, Michigan State at nine, Marion at 10, Lake Superior at 11, Wisconsin at 12, Adrian at 13, uh, Wisconsin Eau Claire at 14, and then uh, you've got Jamestown and the Sioux at 15 and 16. So right now, Concordia, if the standings were to stay the same, they'd get a, a buy into the second round of the regionals. Top four teams in each region get the buy, and then the rest duke it out uh, um, the first day. And then, again, it's a three-day bracketed tournament, single elimination, winner go home. And you know, I've seen a lot of great regional tournaments leading into the Nationals at both levels, D2 and D3. And I'll tell you, these kids play. I mean, they leave it all on the ice, man. It is so much fun to watch. In the, the Northeast region, uh, UMass and Northeastern mainstays in the National Tournament at the D2 level. They're one and two. Keene State's been there I don't know how many times. Uh, Bentley at four. Boston College. Boston U, five and six. Army at seven. Uh, New Hampshire at eight. Sacred Heart at nine. Merrimack at 10, Bryant at 11, uh, RPI at 12, Vermont at 13, and Bridgewater at 14. So uh, you can see those right there. Those are the rankings in the Northeast region. So UMass and Northeastern, if it were to end today, they would be in. Uh, in the Southeast, Liberty at one, Florida Gulf Coast, they flip-flopped. Uh, one and two there. Kentucky trying to make their way to unseat Florida Gulf Coast. Bob Brinkworth's team at uh, number two. They went to the finals last year in that triple overtime thriller with uh, the number one team in the West right now, the University of Mary. Uh, you got Miami at four, Indiana at five, Ohio, Penn, at, Penn State at seven, Ohio State at eight, Rowan at nine, Michigan at 10, Maryland, North Carolina, North Carolina State, and Louisville uh, at 14. NC State, they've been to the last couple of uh, national tournaments and have made some hay there. They're looking to get back. They're going to have to go through the gauntlet 
of the regional tournament, though, to do that. In the West, two-time defending champion University of Mary at number one, Montana State at number two. Uh, then you've got Utah State at three, Denver at four, Weber State at five, Washington at six, Dakota College of Botno starting to make their way up. I know they've got a losing record, but they've played some incredible competition. Uh, they'll be right there in that regional tournament. They're going to be a tough out for anybody. Uh, they made it to the semifinals last year in Division Two, and so they're going to be a handful. Utah at eight, Northern Colorado at nine, Grand Canyon at 10, UCLA at 11, Berkeley at 12, MSU Denver at 13, and then Marymount at 14, and then Williston and Arizona State round out the uh, next two kind of on the outside looking in. So there you go with that as uh, – the rankings in Division Two for the men's. And uh, again, regional plays the weekend of February 24th through the 26th. The West Regional plays the 23rd through the 25th. And so, um, again, uh, we're getting down to crunch time, man. This is the exciting time of year. Uh, five weeks. Those regionals, the final rankings are coming up. Then they can start gearing up for that, the turnaround time for that. Then they get ready for nationals. Wow. Uh, it, this is the fun time of year in uh, ACHA hockey for sure. It's uh, getting down, as I said, down to crunch time. The road to Boston, 37 days. That's it. So we want to thank Shay Klitsky from uh, Concordia, Wisconsin, for taking time out to be on the program here tonight. Uh, we're going to get to our uh, interview that we conducted yesterday with uh, Jason White, the head coach of uh, Midlands women's D1 program here shortly. This reminder, you're watching the ACHA Power Play, and we're live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. Check out all of our ACHA podcast, Power Play podcast, on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. Subscribe to that. You can see all of those shows, all of our Captain Lou Extravaganza shows as well. And uh, we even did one of the broadcasts for Aquinas against Indiana Tech on uh, our network too so check that out we are powered up by the belly up network of podcasts and uh, again bellyupsports.com check us our website out there we've got a lot of great articles on there we have a great group of podcasters too check us out bellyupsports.com and also want to remind you again about our news uh at the national tournament as i mentioned we'll be there and uh i'm going to be hosting along with here the acha power play the nightly ACHA Tonight wrap-up show, National Championship Nightly Show. After the final game each night, we'll get you up to date on all the scores, all the standings, the uh, brackets, you name it. We'll have all of that for you. We'll get interviews. It's going to be a great wrap-up show. It's March 16th through the 21st. That's when everything commences in uh, Marlboro, Massachusetts at the New England Sports Center. Um it's a beautiful facility, but we're going to have our ACHA uh, National Championship wrap-up show, um, ACHA tonight. It'll be live there, and uh, you can catch that on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. And a broadcast of that will be—it'll be also on the ACHA Hockey Net, uh, website, achahockey.org. Um, in the meantime, if you want to leave us a comment, follow me on Twitter at Real Captain Lou. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, which again is the Captain Lou Sports Network, or drop me an email, sweetlou1965 at yahoo.com. So last night, uh, we're, I had a chance to uh, talk on the phone with uh, Jason White. He is the uh, 
head coach of the University of Midland. Their ACHA women's D1 team having a fantastic year. They made it to the national tournament last year, and they made it all the way to the finals last year, So, where they ran into the buzzsaw that is Liberty. But Jason, uh, their head coach, stopped by and had a chance to talk to us. Let's take a listen right here on the ACHA Power Play. ACHA Power Play by the head coach of the Midland Warriors ACHA Women's D1 program, Jason White. Jason, thanks for taking time out tonight. How are you? Great, Lou, and I appreciate you uh, reaching out and giving me an opportunity to talk about the ACHA, uh, especially the one side. Uh, been doing it for six years, very proud of it, so looking forward to, to talking a little shop, which is great. You know, before we get into this season, one of the things that I always tell people about the Women's National Tournament, which you got to go to the finals last year, it is such a wide-open, fun brand of hockey to watch. And, uh, you know, you and I talked the other day. I don't think the word is out good enough, and that's one of the things we try to do on this show. And uh, it was a fun tournament last year, except I know for the last game for you, tough game against Liberty, but it was a good show for you guys last year. Yeah, it really was. It was a great experience. I remember took the program over six years ago. Uh, ultimately, that was the goal was to uh, to get this team to a national tournament, get them that experience, and then obviously our goal is to win one. Uh, but uh, the coaching uh, at this level has been outstanding. There's some really well coached teams. The programs continue to get better and better. So, you know, getting to a national tournament championship. Uh, game and trying to win it is not easy uh, but we have been so thankful the ACHA does such a great job with the national tournament our experience last year in St. Louis was unbelievable and I always tell Chris this hats off to Chris yeah. uh, Lowe's with Liberty that he runs such a great program they're well coached they got great student athletes uh, and they're a tough team to beat um, so he, uh, he had a great team last year and it was a well-deserved win for them. It was tough for us to be sitting on the blue line, watching them celebrate. And I told, I remember telling the girls, remember this feeling mm -hmm. and let's, uh, let's take another crack and see if we can get back there next year. So our fingers are crossed. It's not going to be an easy journey. I know our conference tournament is going to be very difficult with our, our WMCH. It's a tough conference. Uh, and then. Uh, the national tournament is going to be a tough one, too. There's just a lot of good hockey teams. Now, Jason, with that conference tournament, now how does that work? Do you, does your conference get an automatic bid this year? So each conference will get an automatic bid. Okay. What we did was we, we had, uh, originally it was eight teams. The format was eight teams, and it was basically a best of three uh, series between the eight teams, and then from there you'd play a a single semifinal match and the yeah. winners of that would move on to the final. We were able to uh, get that change to a 10 team tournament. Um, and yes, even when it was eight teams, I think each conference had an auto bid. Yeah. Um, usually in the CCWHA and, and, and uh, I, I don't know if there was another conference or was, there was the WWCHL and that was our first experience. We were able to upset Colorado um in the wwchl final and that got us an auto bid my very first year i think that was my third year with the team or second year with the team at midland now we currently have 10 teams yeah. uh, that compete but each conference gets an auto bid okay. 
but for example, Liberty last year won the conference tournament, but they were still the number one ranked team in the nation. So really it didn't affect anything for that auto bid. Um, typically we see the WWCHL, I think last year, the favorite was Arizona State, but I think they got upset, I believe, by Colorado. So Colorado ended up getting that auto bid spot, okay. uh, which was the number 10 spot. So you talked about, you know, using that last year's final as motivation. You guys, or your gals, uh, obviously you're having a good season. You're ranked third in the country. What, what this year, Jason, from your team's performance, maybe on the good side has surprised you? I, you know, I, I, w- I wouldn't say su- I wouldn't say surprised. I just it, it's our culture. We have yeah. uh, I'm, I'm proud of the culture we've created, which is that family atmosphere. Uh, it's healthy relationships in the locker room, and I'm a big, big uh, supporter or wanting to create the healthy lock. I think if you have a healthy locker room, um, it's going to translate onto the ice. When you have issues. Uh, in the locker room, usually when you get into a tough game or it's a big game, things typically, I believe, fall apart. Yeah. When you have a tight-knit group that is willing to support each other, um, they all get along, they have uh, fun on road trips, they enjoy being around each other and spending time um, even together when, you know, maybe whether it's on the road or at home, you're constantly spending time together. But even when we're at home and we just have a practice and we're doing a team meal or movie, it's amazing um, just how tight they are. And that's really translated to a lot of success for us. Uh, We always talk about no one's bigger than the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talk about playing as a team and supporting each other and being happy for each other. And that has just allowed us, I think, to, to really grow and flourish. But the one thing I would talk about our program that we've instilled is our, I always tell the girls, no matter what happens, whether we win, whether we lose, whether it's a tie, I, I want you walking away from the rink as for me as a coach and for you as a player, knowing that we were the hardest working group, right? So mm-hmm. whether it's in the off season, whether it's during the season, whether it's in the gym, whether it's practice time, we are always trying to do more than the other team work ethic wise. I, I always say this, let's, we might not be the most talented, but if we can compete and work harder than every, every other team, it's going to give us that opportunity to have some success. And the type of player student athlete, sorry, that I've brought in has bought into that and it's allowed us to have that success. And I'm very proud of what we've created. And I always tell the girls this, you know, a lot of times I feel sometimes uh, in coaching you can get caught up in wins and losses and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, um, for me, it's just seeing the girls having fun, having success, and and really seeing the, uh, you know, reaping what you sow, right? Which is you work hard, you lay it all out there, and now you get to see the benefits of what you work for. Um, so for me as a coach, I, I can't. I can't say enough about our group and their attitude and how they come to the uh, to the rink every day to work. Well, Jason, I had a chance to watch your game last night, um, and uh, or yesterday afternoon on Sunday afternoon. And what I was impressed the most was the discipline on the ice and your fundamentals. 
man, it, it was fun to watch. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's one of the things that, um, you know, and, and, and again, as games have got more competitive and teams have got more competitive, I feel like the evolution of, of women's hockey, it has become more competitive, more physical. Um, the athletes, I think, are just, you know, quicker, faster, stronger. And for us, we've, you know, I, I feel like as you continue to climb the ladder and you're a, a higher ranked team, you know, I always used to tell our girls this when we were competing against the higher ranked teams, let's, this is an opportunity for us to showcase ourselves, right? So I feel like now with us being ranked a little higher, we kind of have that target on our back. So we're seeing the best uh, from other teams wanting to knock us off. And sometimes those games can get chippy, they can get physical. And for us, trying to be disciplined in those areas where we're not taking retaliatory penalties or being frustrated and really just sticking to our game plan of how, you know, what our D zone is about offensively, how, how we play the game. Um, just trying to stay disciplined to those uh, strategies. And for us, it's worked, you know. Um, I, I wouldn't change a thing right now uh, with what we have and how the girls do it. Um, it seems to work for us. And, you know, it's one of those attitudes or mentalities for our program is it's defensive first, and then the offense will take care of itself, right? If, if we limit the other team to one or two goals or less, I'm hoping that we can at least score more than one or two on the board and we have a good chance to win the hockey game. So we really take pride in our D zone. And from there, we build on it. And hopefully, offensively, we can get that puck in the net uh, to be able to win a few games. Now, one of the things also that I've noticed about your program or about your team so far this season has been um, your goaltending. You know, and I'll t any coach that I talk to, um, will tell me that it all starts in the back end with defense. Oh, 100. You know, and I look at that, yeah. and it's amazing. Yep. The the stats you guys, you know, uh, Hannah Stone leading the way with five shutouts. Wow, that, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I, I mean, for me, building this program, um, yes, you, I, I had to get a few players that could put the puck in the net. But right. ultimately, when you're building, I think, shaping and, and, and molding your program, and whether it's uh, at the NHL level or all the way down uh, at the ACHA level, whether it's men's or women's, I don't think there's any secret remedy. You find someone between the pipes that can stop pucks, and then you build from there. Your defensive core needs to be mobile, strong, fast, and can play a good defensive game. And then you add in your horses up front uh, and forward that can put the puck in the net. But, yes, you always start from the net out. I've been very fortunate. I was lucky enough to get um, Hannah to transfer in. And then I have another. My, my number two is Kayla Bailey. She came from um, out in – she was out of school in Saskatchewan called Notre Dame House AAA program. Um, she's originally from, from Alberta. But Kayla, between Kayla and Hannah, I mean, I can put either one in the net and feel very confident as a coach that they're going to give us a great opportunity to win hockey games. Um, Hannah, again, this year, her numbers are outstanding. I think I just looked. It was like, you know, she, in, in 
17 games. I think she's 14, two and three or something like that. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, you know, she's got a one point something goals against with almost a nine, a, a nine, five Oh save percentage and five shutouts. And the thing about Hannah, you know, you know, our schedule has not been an easy schedule this year. And she typically sees a lot of the tough opponents, right? Mm-hmm. She's playing the Minot state. She's, playing a, a McHenry or she's playing Merrillville or she played Adrian. Um, I mean, she and Indiana Tech, that was another one. I mean, she's seen a lot of quality hockey teams and been able to shut them down and frustrate them. So, um, yes, I, we've been very fortunate between the pipes and it's definitely helped um, give us the opportunity to win games and be successful and be such a high-ranked team. We're joined here on the ACHA Power Play by uh, the Midland Lady Warriors head coach, ACHA Women's D1, uh, Jason White. Uh, the Warriors are currently ranked third in the country uh, in Division One as they look to get back to the national tournament. Jason, who's your biggest rival? You know, it's been interesting. Uh, when we created the WMCH, I remember we were in the WWCHL and um, we had some heated battles when I first took over. I remember wanting to beat Lindenwood Belleville. Uh, <laughs> Kat Hannah had, bu- had built such a successful program there. Um, so that Lindenwood rivalry, probably Lindenwood, Lindenwood Belleville, was really there, I would say, you know, when I first started. Okay. Now it's kind of progressed into, I, I would say, we've had some heated battles against Minot State. I know last year, you know, we really hadn't beaten Minot State up until, um, I think, last year when we finally kind of got the monkey off our back and then we won five straight against them and then beat them in the conference semifinal of the WMCH and then beat them in the semifinal yeah. of the national tournament. And from then on, it's just been uh, one of those where you know, it's just become a rivalry. So we've had some great games. They're physical. They're fast. They get a little chippy. <laughs> uh, both teams really want to win, right? And, that, yeah. and that's created that rivalry. So, you know, Minot State has, uh, an, you know, Ryan Miner has done a great job in building that program. Yeah. They are a very successful program. They're always very highly decorated and, and up near the top of the ranking. Um, so they're a tough team to play against, but our girls have found ways to beat them, and we're, we're really proud of that. And you've got uh, Jamestown next weekend. Then you've got uh, one more weekend set with uh, Minot to end the regular season. So if, if any of the gals aren't primed for a tourney run, that'll be a good way to get them going, eh? <laughs> oh, no doubt. I mean, uh, and, it's, and it's our senior night on Saturday for the first game when we play Minot. And last year, you know, a little backstory was we went into their uh, their senior weekend and we actually rained on their parade and <laughs> beat them on senior night and then beat them one nothing in overtime. It was I wow. mean two one or one nothing. It was a crazy weekend of hockey. Good hockey for us, maybe for them they're a little disappointed, but that was part of that building of the rev. So. I guarantee they've got this one marked on the calendar, <laughs> and I guarantee they're saying we're going to return the favor on their senior night. Um, and they're coming off some big wins, right? Beating Liberty. Yeah. Any team that gets a chance to beat Liberty, um, I think that gives them some confidence because Liberty hasn't lost many games in the last four to five years, right? I mean, 
pretty impressive what Chris has done with that program um, and, and, and what they're about. So I think Minot has some momentum now coming in. So it, it's going to be a really interesting weekend and should be some good hockey. Now I got to ask you, you played four years at Nebraska Omaha um, and then you got into coaching. What, what was the biggest adjustment, Jason, going from the men's game to the women's game, you know, you know, in coaching and strategy and whatnot. I'm always fascinated by that. Well, for me, I I remember, you know, I, when I left UNO, I was fortunate enough to volunteer there and, and get two years under my belt and get, and get some experience. And that really got me into coaching. Um, and then from there, it kind of snowballed. I, I started help with the AAA program here in Omaha, which okay. is now called, I don't know what they're called, Mastery. But, God, I coached that forever on the men's side. Um, and then I went back to youth hockey, which is it's weird because in Fremont, Nebraska, the rink that we play in, I was actually, you know, we had about 20-some kids um and we built that youth where there was another lady that still runs the rink. Her name is Angie Wiley. And Angie and I built that program. We now have 200-plus kids, and we have a, you know, a, a, a house program and a travel program with that Fremont Flyers and the rink. But I, that's when I really started to have a few of, I would say, when I was doing that youth hockey, that's where I got to coach a few girls, right? Uh-huh. They were mixed in with the guys. And I started to get a feel, and then obviously I had two daughters myself. Um, and from there, when um, Midland came over and approached the rink about bringing in a men's and women's program, uh, that's when I had first talked to their AD and said, look, if there's ever an opportunity, I think I'd be interested. Well, the men's program was fairly successful, and the women's program was struggling a little bit. They had one year. I think they only had like nine skaters and a goalie. Mm. So at the end of the day, I transitioned over and and took a job. It was a lateral move. They made it a full-time position for me, and I went with it. So for me, you know, my first year, I think I had to convince a bunch of these girls that were looking, you know, I think things were a little rocky. They were talking about maybe transferring or getting out. The program just really hadn't uh, grown roots yet, so you know midland was it was like well we're gonna leave this is going nowhere um so i took it over and had to convince these girls to stay and i had to start talking hey here's what we're gonna do and and painting that picture about what midland can be and where i want to take the program and jump on board with me and here's what we're gonna do and kind of rah rah and we were able to keep all of the girls and in our first year i think we got like 19 wins the girls wow I, I, I was really impressed. They got after it. They were starting to buy in, and from there, it, it just kind of snowballed, and we've had, you know, each year we've kind of grown more and more. Uh, but for me, getting to coach men and then women, um, one of the biggest things that I noticed was um, the attention to detail by the females. They, they, they were really trying to, you know, understanding the game and, and – really dissecting it where I felt like sometimes with the guys it's more uh, parameters and they're like well okay coach you want me to do this or how about I do that um, <laughs> and then before you know it they're you know they've made a few mistakes and you're like no 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 I wanted you to do this it was like they would kind of process it and then throw it away whereas with females they process it and then they do exactly that 
almost to the point where it's almost a fault where they were saying, well, coach, you told me to go here. <laughs> um, but their willingness to learn, um, their compete level, it's been outstanding. And to be honest, when our, uh, our men's coach uh, last year resigned, um, you know, that was one of the big talks was, uh, Coach White's going to, he's going to leave the women's program and head over to the men's side and take over the men. I was fortunate enough where the university said, we'd love for you to be program director, and then we'll give you the opportunity to, you know, choose what you'd like to do. Do you wow. want to stay with the women's program or with the men? And I was able to find a great coach on the men's side. I'm still able to, to be involved with both, but I was able to keep the women's program as my own because I felt like it was my baby. And the, the players and the families that have come into our program have been outstanding. It's, uh, it it would have been hard for me to leave. And I had some tough talks with my wife um, about it. Like, what do I do? Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, I just felt like I could get it, still be able to get a little taste of the guys, but I could still keep my baby, which was <laughs> this women's program that we, you know, built from pretty much the ground up. So please don't tell me that you grew up a Colorado Avalanche fan. No, no, I'm originally from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Oh, okay. So I, I yeah, I grew up in, you know, I, I'm a, you know uh, played junior hockey there. I thought I sensed um, the Canadian Uper accent in you. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from there, I remember I had uh, a few schools I really wanted to play in the ECAC. I had a, a lot of buddies that went to the ECAC. My, my cousin... Todd White is an ex NHLer, right? And okay. Clarkson and played for the for the Ottawa Senators. So I've always been a Sens fan, even though we've had some hard luck well. here and there. But uh, they've got a good young team and some talent. I think in the next few years, the Senators uh, might be making a run. Um, but yeah, I, I mean. It was weird that I ended up in Omaha, Nebraska, of all places. But <laughs> I'm a bit, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm not overly religious and, and talk about God past. But I always say things happen for a That's reason. That's right. Um, and here I am, uh, you know, still tied to hockey. And it's been what? I mean, I came to Omaha in '97. Wow. So I've been here since 1997, and and uh, been able to, to to work with college programs. AAA programs, youth programs, uh, so it's been a great experience for me. So finally, um, obviously we talked about what you got coming up ahead yet before the Nationals. I know it's in the back of your mind a little bit, but uh, Jason, if there's one thing the gals have to work on to kind of keep that focus and keep that run going, what what do you think you might need to fine-tune in the next couple of weeks? Well, our big problem right now, I would call it a problem but one of the things that we've been struggling right now is, is scoring goals we haven't been able to put the puck in the net I, I would say we're probably averaging 35 to 40 plus shots a game against opponents but we seem to hit the goaltender quite a bit you know wow. and I think what we're doing is giving confidence I think you know we had a loss here in the second half of Jamestown and my hat's off to Jamestown Amber Shack's built uh, in one year has built a very competitive team, and they've only got better. We outshot them, I think, forty-five to twenty-two. Wow! And we end up losing the game three-two, right? So, um, well, not, you know, I, 
and they they worked hard, but I felt like our girls got frustrated and we just struggled finding the net. It was almost like we were squeezing the stick a little yeah. too much. Um, so for us, I think more than anything, it's it's finding the back of the net. I think our defensive zone play and how we back pressure and make it difficult for teams and keep them to the perimeter. We don't give up the middle a lot with our with our defensive zone. We frustrate teams that way, and if they do find the middle, I always feel like we've got good goaltending, and if they do get a good scoring chance, a lot of times our goalie can take care of that, right? So more than anything, I think it'll be finding the net, especially you get up against uh, Minot State, who can score a bunch, mm-hmm. um, or, or Liberty. Like, Liberty can score... Uh, pretty much whenever they want to, right? Um, so they're they're a tough team to play against, and, and if we can score a few and maybe keep them off the board a little bit, it would be nice. So definitely scoring goals would be uh, would be something we need to take care of. Well, that was our uh, interview with uh, Jason White, uh, the head coach of Midlands uh, ACHA Women's uh, D1 program. And again, they're ranked third in the country right now in Division One for the women, and uh, they're in a pretty good spot to make a return trip to Boston. Uh, I want to say a special thanks to my wife who came down and bailed me out there. You might have noticed I forgot my power cord on my computer yesterday, <laughs> and boy, she bailed me out in a jam. She gets uh, she gets the assist. Uh, she's the number one star for that uh, interview last night. So, I want to thank Jason for uh, taking time out tonight. Yeah, it's been a great show. Um, again, we want to let you know that the Nationals are coming up in 37 days, March 16th. They start. You can catch all the games on Flow TV, Hockey TV, and uh, we want to announce, too, that we will be bringing you each night uh, at the end of each night's games right here on the Captain Lou Sports Network, powered up by Belly Up Sports on the ACHA Power Play. Uh, we've been bringing you the ACHA tonight, which will recap all the action of all the national tournament games. Uh, we'll give you the standings of the pool play, the brackets, who's going where, where everybody stands, and we'll have interviews in the whole nine yards. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be hosting it. We'll have guests, uh, guest commentators as well. A lot to look forward to that, and uh, we can't wait uh, for that to get here. But until then, we've still got five weeks left. We'll have another edition of the ACHA Power Play, by the way, next week. Special day, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, right here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. And another reminder, too, that you can catch any of our interviews not only on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube, but if you want to listen to it podcast style, it'll be avail- it's available on iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast. It'll be available tomorrow afternoon is when it'll be up. So man, if you want to check that out, a replay of the show tonight. Well, hey, that's going to do it for another edition of the ACHA Power Play. I want to thank Cal Stripling, the head coach of Michigan's ACHA Men's D3 Squad, for taking time out to join us here tonight. Also want to thank uh, Shea Klitsky, the coach of uh, Concordia of Wisconsin, their men's D2 team, ranked third in the central region. Uh, Possibly being bumped up a little bit after that weekend set against number two, St. Thomas. Again, a reminder, the top two teams in each region they get to bypass that regional tournament coming up the end of February. And they can go right to the national tournament in Boston. Michigan, by the way, ranked number four in Division Three in uh, the ACHA men's uh, side. And uh, they've got a big weekend set with uh, Central Michigan and then their conference tournament before 
they, for their sake, hopefully get to the national tournament, a return trip where they made it to the finals last year. Uh, they went to semifinals in 21. They went to the finals in 22. I know they're looking for that next step and trying to unseat the giant, the two-time defending champion, Hope Flying Dutchman. And also we want to thank Jason White, the head coach of uh, Midland's ACHA Women's D1 program. Uh, they're ranked third in the country in Division One. A pretty good spot right now. I know they're not resting on their laurels. They've got a couple of big weekends, as we mentioned, in the regular season with Jamestown and Minot. So they've got a lot to look forward to ahead before the uh, national tournament. And obviously, we want to thank you, the viewer, for taking time out to watch us tonight on the ACHA Power Play. Again, next Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, another edition of the ACHA Power Play. We hope to have you there as well. Keep uh, stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter at the Real Captain Lou or uh, the Captain Lou Extravaganza Facebook page, or drop me an email, Sweet Lou nineteen sixty five at yahoo.com. Well, again, thanks for joining us tonight. Enjoy the hockey this weekend wherever you may be at, and uh, be safe out there, will you? And uh, we want you to join us again next week. Just a reminder: keep your heads up, keep your sticks down, keep your feet moving, and as always, keep your minds open. Thanks for joining us tonight here on the ACHA Power Play. So long, everybody.